My name is Kevin Stone. I am a metal sculptor originally from Canada, and we're on the HRBB podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rod Five Boys podcast. Welcome back, listeners. We're here at Hot Rods by Boyd's headquarters in Old Town Orange. How we doing, Chris? Real good. All right. You ready to record episode 73? Yeah. All right. A little different today. We got our guy, Kevin Stone, calling in from Las Vegas, Nevada. How we doing today, Kevin? I'm doing great, guys. Yeah. How, how's uh, how's Vegas treating you? Uh, Vegas is awesome. So I'm coming down from Canada and it's been sunny every day. The weather's <laughs> been mild and beautiful and uh, I can't complain. What part of Las Vegas do you live in? Uh, I'm up in Summerlin, just under the mountain. I know exactly where that's at. I, I have a friend that lives in that uh, area. I love it over there. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I love it too. It's, it's a quieter part of Las Vegas and um, it's beautiful here. We absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Well, you know what? Um, I wanted to have you on because I've been following you for a few years now. We've been friends on Facebook. We've never really formally talked, but I mean, you, I, 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 we always appreciate people that make some really cool shit. Yep. And you make cool stuff out of metal, and we're going to get into that. So, so I guess what we should do first is. Um, how about do you have any, what's your online presence so like people that are listening to this they can kind of maybe go to your instagram or social media and follow along sure well i'm i'm um I'm very visible on social media so i've got um, metal sculptor kevin stone can be found on almost all platforms so we've got a youtube channel just getting started we're on instagram tiktok and facebook and um, you can find all all of my stuff. You can even Google me through Google Images, uh, Metal Sculptor Kevin Stone. You'll find all kinds of articles and uh, work I've done in the past. Um, lots of news media has happened over the years, magazines, that type of thing. So, so that's probably the best way to find me. Just just uh, just search Metal Sculptor Kevin Stone. Perfect. Yeah, and you're. Um... And we'll get into some of these projects, but uh, you know, over the years, you were building these dragons, and I mean, yeah. I, I'd see this stuff, and I'd show my friends, and I'd be like, yeah, "You guys got to see this!" And it, it almost—I'll uh, be honest with you—at at times, you know, you know, with AI and everything these days, you go, "Is this fake?" It's like, no, this is real. Dude. This dude's this dude's building this stuff. It's real, it's tangible. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, yeah like. Um, people don't understand, uh, a lot of people, you know, they hear, oh, metal sculpture and they think I'm building little yard ornaments and things like that. But <laughs> yeah. most of, most of my projects, well, all my big projects have been close to two years, uh, uh, undertaking for each project. And then, um, some of my smaller ones, uh, anywhere from three months to a year. So, um, yeah, they're they're very um, what we call persevering projects, I guess you could say. I bet, man. To conceptualize some of those things, just uh, that's an undertaking in itself, man. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so yeah. So I do all these projects. It's just me and my wife, and uh, uh, it has been just me and my wife for many years. And then, um, so we actually, I did my artwork for about ten years uh, full time, doing my big big scale artwork. And I had a bad business partner, which led into uh, just just you know dealing with a bad business partner. Yeah. And I ended up leaving the artwork for for about uh, nine years. My my wife and I ended up opening a hot rod shop up in Chilliwack, Canada, and we had a hot rod shop for nine years. And then um, my work started to kind of take off again, and um, and big big projects, way too big to be able to be doing them along with the cars in the shop that I had. And, um, and then, uh, so about three years ago, we chose to shut the shop down, uh, well to leave the shop and I, I sold it out to partners and, um, and do my artwork again, full time. So Michelle and I have been doing it again, full time now for about three years. And, and, uh, we're just, just, just got here a couple of weeks ago to Vegas. Uh, we just moved in and, uh, going to be setting up shop and starting some projects here in Vegas now. So, yeah, it was so, uh, and that's, uh, I was thinking about, that's probably the best place to be yeah absolutely right vegas because yeah. i mean you talk about some of the stuff guys you need to look find him online because some of the stuff that kevin does is pretty wild yeah i think what the first thing because i think that's the connection we had because we've been friends on facebook for a while um so right. I, I noticed you know the the car thing you had the you, you're a car guy but then i think the first thing that drew my attention to you was i and that was that big dragon that you did 
Well, you've done a couple. Right. Well, you've done a couple of those, right? Yeah. So the, the Game of Thrones Dragon, uh, I think, got the most attention out of anything. You know, obviously, it was a worldwide known TV series, and, and everybody loves big fire-breathing dragons. And um, I got the opportunity to do that dragon and and um, put a lot of time and effort into that. It was pretty much, it, it probably still is pretty much my feature piece that I've done. It's a 55-foot-long, 15,000-pound Game of Thrones dragon that shot fire about 20 feet on a key fob. It's, it, it, <laughs> it's so insane looking. Yeah, that thing is pretty crazy. And just the detail in that thing. So how did that project come about? Um, well, it was, uh, 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 if you got time for the story, I'll, I'll throw it out there. So I was, um, I was contacted, uh, several years ago, just before COVID basically, um, the big boys toys here in Las Vegas reached out to me, uh, when they do their show and wanted to know if I had a sculpture that I could put on display at the big boys toys here in Vegas. And at the time I was just, you know, running the hot rod shop and I thought what a great opportunity to get my work down in front of, uh, you know, in front of um, a, a new audience down in Vegas, where really I've always felt my work needed to be. And um, so I, I, I agreed and started to build. A, I was targeting, um, you know, the wealthy Arabs, basically, when I started the project. So I, I built a mere polished stainless steel falcon that had a 30, 30 foot wingspan. And I was planning to bring that down here to the Vegas show at Big Boys Toys. And um it took me nine. It took me and Michelle nine months to construct, and um, just as we were finishing it, and the show was coming up in November, uh, COVID hit, and of course everything shut down. They shut the show down. Basically, Las Vegas shut down. Yeah. And so I was stuck with this big thirty-foot sculpture and no home for it. So I tucked it in the corner of the shop, and I didn't have a buyer. I started listing it for sale because I knew that the show wasn't going to be happening, and. Um, and I just kind of tucked it away. And then a couple months later, I got a call from a guy from, Cal he was from California, but he was actually out at Dollywood in Tennessee. And he was standing in front of the 55 foot Eagle I built at the Dollywood theme park there in Tennessee at Pigeon Forge. And he was standing in front of it and he called me right from the, right from the theme park and said, I'm standing in front of your Eagle and I want this giant Eagle in my house <laughs> in California. So we started we started to talk and, and I said, you know, I can build other things other than, you know, another big Eagle. I, I'm, I'm open to build whatever you want. And, and then he thought about it a little bit and got back to me and he goes, well, how about a big game of Thrones dragon? And I'm like, well, yeah, I've been wanting to do, I, you know, earlier on, I did a big Chinese dragon uh, in polished stainless steel. And that was kind of my feature piece up until the next dragon. And I always wanted to do a, a, a fire breathing dragon and, and, you know, just that whole, you know, the wings and the fire and everything. Yeah. And so it was a great opportunity, but I, I didn't even know what Game of Thrones was at the time. I was a little behind the times on what was popular. And, and um, so my wife and I went home and we binge watched the entire seasons of Game of Thrones. I think within about four days, we saw the, every, every season. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, I had, I had already agreed to do this dragon and didn't realize how much work that dragon entailed with all the horns and details and everything it had. I, I was, like, overwhelmed. So um, so we got started, and, and that's how it came about. And, um, and then um, shortly after, I started posting some pictures and, and some videos of me working on it. And I got a call from Miami, and a guy called me up from Miami and wanted to buy the dragon from me. And I said, well... I'm sorry, it's not a it's not a, a for sale piece. It's a commission that's already spoken for, but I do have a big falcon for sale, <laughs> and, and and he pulled the trigger and bought the falcon off me. So so my falcon ended up going to a, a an amazing. Um, it's called the iconic collection down in Miami, and and um, he's the uh, Barry that owns the the iconic collection is the largest supercar owner in the world he has the oh, most wow. supercars out of any individual he turned it into a big art gallery down in miami so now my piece is actually one of the feature pieces down in the gallery in miami and it it turned out awesome for oh, us that's cool yeah so how long did it take you to build that game of thrones Dragon? it took me two years yeah I, and, and i feel like i was watching it i felt like yeah because you know i see you see this stuff on social media and you don't know like a time frame's blur, right? Yeah. So 
Um, right. And you don't know if you're just showing old pictures or what. So, but um, right. Yeah. And that yeah. Thing is, so I actually, I actually get a bit of feedback on social media from people going like, "What the hell's taking you so long?" <laughs> I'm like. <laughs> Holy crap, man. There's a lot of work here. Well, yeah, and, and you said it's just you and your wife doing it. And this thing's yeah, that's well, like no joke when you talk about couple of years, For ahead. the last couple of years we did have a young apprentice working with us. And then when we moved down from Canada, he was in he had left and was in school full time doing his red steel welding ticket. And uh I'm in the hopes, I don't know if he will or not, but he was talking before we left that he might uh come down and continue working for me if I get another big project like that. So, so that would be great because he's been, he's been a wonderful employee and, and a smart kid and, and works hard and learns and, and absorbs the work. So it's nice to be able to pass down my knowledge to oh, somebody for... that, you know, maybe in the future can even take over for me while uh, I'm getting a little older and kind of worn out with all the tooling, you know? <laughs> Well, yeah, and, and you talk about that thing, you know, being 15,000 pounds, being what, 50, 55. 55 feet across. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's some engineering involved with that, right? <laughs> Just to, Slightly, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, so my background, you know, I started my apprenticeship. I was a, um, I was a tradesman from just, you know, I, I started, I went to college at about 19 because I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And some friends of mine were working in the welding industry at the shipyard and Victoria, Canada. And, um, and they were making good money. So, you know, I was broke on the weekends and they were out enjoying life. So I, I wanted to make the money they were making and they were all in the union shipyards and stuff. So I, I went to school, I went to college and, and did my um, three years of welding courses. I did my level A welding and, and started in the construction industry and shipbuilding industries when I was young. And um, I did that up until about when my kids were born in my late 20s. And then I got into um, more uh, shop work and, you know, I was in the field a lot and working in uh, high-rise buildings and bridges and stuff, you know, and there's a danger factor involved when you're an iron worker climbing steel and stuff. Yeah. So when my, when my children started to come around, then it was time to get some shop work and, and, um, and I, I kind of just started doing fabrication. Like I started doing stainless steel breweries and that type of work. And, um, and that actually led into my art career. One of the shops I was working at asked if I could build a gargoyle for the rooftop of the building. And uh, so I just kind of sat in the corner using the scrap bins from the shop to put this big stainless steel gargoyle together. And then that led into my first private investor and then actually led into another investor after him. And that kind of launched my career into the art and, and, and made me realize it's something that I I really wanted to do and pursue and, and I've been pursuing it now for about 20 years. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, cause that, that's the first thing I looked at, uh, you know, like the, the last, the latest project you just did, right. This, this T-Rex. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, like how tall yeah. was that thing? Well, I wasn't really sure. So that was a pretty stressful project for me because he was bigger than my shop. <laughs> and I didn't have the ceiling height to be able oh, to so like, you, assemble them in my shop. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I'm sitting there looking yeah, at that thing so going, man, to, what's the structure on that thing? Because it's that thing looks pretty tall. It, it was crazy, yeah. So he was he ended up being on, I would say, physically on a flat ground. He's probably about 25 feet tall. Wow, but he uh, where he got mounted, he's kind of on a, on a hillside, yeah. on a bank with a with a with a big concrete platform so when you're standing on the hillside near him he easily is 35 feet tall from from the ground to the top of his head and then um 50 feet long from head to tail so wow. it was all near polished 304 stainless steel um the inside structural frame uh was made with 12 inch by 386 uh stainless steel pipe and his feet were uh four feet by four feet uh, inch and a half thick stainless steel feet for mounting to the concrete. Wow. Yeah. And that is, that one's, up, yeah, is so that the, up, that's up in Canada. Yeah. It's up in Penticton in the Okanagan and it went to, um, a private individual had reached out to me again. This is actually, so this kind of snowballed from the story I just finished telling you guys. So after the, the bird went down to Miami and, and, and arrived at the iconic gallery in Miami, Miami, it was a friend of his, uh, Frank, that reached out to me from the Cayman Islands 
And he's like, I just saw the bird that arrived at Barry's, and I've had a dream since I was a little kid of a, having a big chrome T-Rex. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's where the chrome T-Rex came from. He, he, uh, he was originally going to ship it to the Cayman Islands, and he thought about um, having it. Uh, I guess he has a, a cafe or a bar in, in the Cayman Islands, but he, he also thought about actually uh, donating it to the airport at the Cayman Islands and having it at the airport. Um, and then uh, one thing led to another, and it ended up going to his Airbnb in Penticton. He was originally from Canada, and um, and it made the most sense because the piece was so large that we only had to ship it about uh, 250 miles from where I built it to his property in Penticton, and that's and that's where it's on display now. So he actually has an Airbnb. It's kind of a high-end Airbnb on 13 acres overlooking so. <laughs> the lake, and and then. And then there's actually a public trail. It's called the KVR Trail. It's a Kettle Valley Trail based on an old rail railway that used to go through there. Oh, cool! Uh, you know, a hundred years ago, and and where the railway is, they made it into like a you know like a jogging trail and a and a public trail for people to to walk. And so the trail goes right below his property, and and the public can walk up the trail and take pictures of the T-Rex now, which was awesome because I didn't have anything large scale on display in Canada at the time. So, so that was nice to have a big public piece. A lot of my giant sculptures like that end up going to private properties, private individuals, and the public never gets to enjoy them. So, so that's, that's something I hope changes, especially coming to Las Vegas, that I can do some big public pieces that people can, can get out there and enjoy because, that that's really what I do this for. I love I love seeing the expression on people's faces when they when they see my large scale work in person. So, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, because um, it, it's it, it, these things are just yeah. it's crazy. Like yeah, like you said, the pictures. If you guys when you when we'll post pictures, uh, you know, it's up on the, that T Rex is up on this hill, and it just it looks massive. Yeah, right? it looks just really massive. <laughs> and it's and so yeah, and you is. ship these things in pieces. So you kind of have to engineer this thing. OK, we're going to build it in sections because I mean, like that Game of Thrones uh, dragon, you had to f- kind of figure that out. because shipping wise. And right? it had to breathe fire. That yeah. was a, that was a that was a real, real, real challenge. The Game of Thrones was probably the worst one I've done as far as, um, um, you know, so what a lot of people don't understand is when I build these projects, I, I I'm a guesstimator <laughs> so i i do everything from based on experience but i do everything by eye i don't use computers i don't use renderings i don't use um you know uh um, cad or anything like that i do it all visually i'll look at pictures that's how i built the game of thrones dragon i literally just printed some pictures off of google and i had these little uh you know pictures up on the wall to get references from and then I, I build everything by eye, and including the big T Rex. I had a I had a little fig, a, like a kid's toy of a T Rex just to get some ideas, and uh, and printed some pictures, you know, the details of the eyes and stuff like that. And then I, I just build by eye, kind of like painting a picture. I just kind of one day at a time, one piece at a time, one step at a time. It's and um, and uh, and that's what was stressful about the T Rex, especially is because I wasn't able to put it together and visually look at it. I had to guess at how long the body needed to be, and, and, and I had to make templates of the, of the body from one side to the other where it was going to join and, and hope all the holes and hope all the skin and everything lines up when I assembled it because wow. I wasn't able to assemble it in my shop. So I literally I was able to put the tail on the legs and, and kind of have the lower body done in my shop but once the chest and belly and, and head, um, that was all one section and in front of the legs on my shop floor, and I wasn't able to attach them because I, I just didn't have the, the, the height to be able to do it. And, it. and it wasn't practical, you know, given the weather and different things like that when you're working with stainless to, to move everything outside and then try working on it outside just wasn't practical either. So I literally made a big cardboard template of the of the – it was like a gasket, I guess you could say, kind of like a gasket that would go in between the two halves and make sure that it fit the two halves perfectly. And then once we delivered it on site, it was uh, um, just something none of us ever got to see. We, we, when we bolted it together, we, that was when I, I literally went for about a 200-meter walk just so I could stand back and look at it for the first time. And, <laughs> That's kind of cool. Was, was really nerd. 
Yeah, I was pretty nervous. Yeah, I mean, you you go to a, a, a you know you do a commission that's that expensive and that big, and you you go and assemble it, never seeing it finished before, and and it's either make it or break it. You know, yeah. I was pretty nervous. So so luckily it worked out, and it looked pretty good, and I was pretty happy with it. But boy, I'll tell you that. You there? Trucks. They had these big trucks, and they flew the body. It had to be a hundred feet in the air off these big cranes when they flew the body down over the trees, and oh, wow. you know I was just like, oh my god, I was having a heart attack watching this thing <laughs> fly through the air. Yeah, so. you're watching how many months and months of work, you know? Yeah, exactly. Flying through the air. Yeah. Now, let me ask you. One thing that stood out to me was the detail on that Game of Thrones dragon and all the individual scales. Now, yeah, I mean, are you, yeah. you're, you're hand cutting all those things out, every single one. I cut everything. Every single piece is cut with that shear, unless I'm doing, you know, the structural part where it needs to be flame cut or whatever with a torch. But um, everything was hand cut and then uh, power hammered and bent and and all hand formed. And and, um, once I did all that, like you can actually, I'm pretty sure we have videos on YouTube of us making all the individual scales and stuff. And um, then I heat treat everything and, and blew it to color it. And then we were, um, and then weld each individual piece on, and it's it's just yeah, one one handmade scale at a time. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, because it's that's that's one thing that stand, stood out to me. It's just the detail on that thing. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Well, one of the things that uh, I, I kind of uh, um, I, I guess I'm proud to say of of how I create these things is I try to create the detail of like a casting, like a bronze casting. I want to have the details that you'd see a, a sculpture or a figurine done in that detail, but all hand-formed, and I use all hand tools. So all my tooling that I have in my shop, none of it is uh, CNC tooling. It's all kind of old-school power hammers, English wheels, shrinker stretchers, um, sandbag and hammer, you know, that type of thing, and, and um, a foot shear. I don't have any big power shears or brakes or anything. They're all all um you know hand hand tools basically and and um and that's what i i kind of hope to start you know uh, as i get settled here in vegas and i get a shop up and running i'm not quite there yet but we're 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 getting there um i'm going to start teaching some um classes in in kind of that traditional metal shaping and old school hammer forming buck building um, body panel building, you know, the way they built cars back in the day yeah. and the way, the way they used to shape metal. And I hope to, uh, encourage that, that era of trade, uh, and keep it going because it's becoming a lost art. And, you know, some of the old timers that were masters at it are passing away with, with all that knowledge. And, and, um, and I've been doing it a long time now, and I, I hope to continue that. And, you know, if I can pass my skills down to, as many people as I can before uh, before I can't do it anymore. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to once I once I get up and running too. So yeah, that's awesome because you know I mean we get so uh, caught up in this technology thing that it's going to take over the world and all that. But it, it, all these things need to be built by hand. You know, I mean it's yeah. just yeah, absolutely. You know, I I can see where AI is going and 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 um, you know robotics and everything. I'm I'm sure they'll have a robot that can outfabricate me in 20 years but but you know there's a there's a sense of uh pride when you can build something with your bare hands and and uh and um and i think i i that's that's the biggest thrill i mean i'll tell you when you work on a same project every day well you know what it's like building a car or something and it's a big build and it takes two years before you're even close to at the end game um you know it, it can be frustrating and daunting and and uh and and at the same time, you're almost sick of it. You know, even though it's a fantastic project, you're just like, man, I got to wake up and do that again. Yeah. <laughs> but it but it but it all pays off in the end when you've got that completed project under your belt. And and uh, I I call it just adding to the resume every time I get the opportunity to create something fantastic. And and really, to me, that's what it is. It's an opportunity when a client comes to me and and wants something. That, that, you know, I mean, how many people get to build a giant stainless T-Rex? I mean, it's a pretty awesome project. So so uh, I, I get a thrill when, when people come to me with these fantastic ideas and, and willing to fund them. So that's pretty awesome. No, and that's, that's what's key, right? Because you can have all the ideas in the world, but you need these guys that have the money to pay for the man hours 
to build a Game of Thrones Absolutely. dragon, right? I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm sure if money was no object and we had all the free time in the world, you could just you just build a bunch of that stuff. But it's like, right? How exactly. many? Yeah, yeah. How many man yeah. hours were in that Game of Thrones? Um, honestly, I would say there was probably around six thousand hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of time. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and you're jamming that in. I mean, it's me and my wife and my apprentice helping me. And I had brought on a welder to help us with a bunch of welding. And, and, um, you know, you start factoring in all those hours over a two year period. And it was, it was easily 6,000. I mean, it might have even been more because when, especially when I get obsessed in a big project like that, I'm working seven days a week and not taking any time off. And, you know, some days we're there 12, 13, 14 hours, just depending on what we're working on and what we're doing. And, and, uh, and so it's, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a test of perseverance. That's for sure. You know, I'm, I'm well, hoping, I'm hope I'm hoping that I can, I don't want to slow down because I, I have a, a lot of ideas and a lot of projects that I still want to build, but uh, I don't want to work quite that hard anymore. I think I'm done with the seven days a week and watching my years just tick by and, and uh, they go pretty quick when you're working that hard. So well, and you know now you're in Vegas, so you're 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 gonna have better better weather. Yeah, you know because I noticed you 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 got a motorcycle you like to ride there, so you you got time to enjoy that, and you know, um, and it's, yeah, it's just... that was a big factor for me. You know, we've had those long winters, and I'm a car guy, and I love riding my bike. My wife and I really that's our that's our travel tourism. We don't travel and fly all over the world. We just like to hop on the bike and, and go find twisty roads that we've never been on before. And sometimes we'll do, you know, five, six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 miles in one trip oh, just wow. to get out on the open road and enjoy it, you know? So that's awesome. Yeah. Cause you know, yeah. back to the man hours, you know, that's, it's something you, 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 you sit there and you go, well, I don't know because People never factor in like when you're a you you're 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 a two man operation there right and you're cre- right. you're the yep. cre- you're the creative guy you're the execution guy you, you never add up all the hours you wake up at two in the morning going oh you know what yeah no no that's how you solve this little problem yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah right so that's exactly that's exactly how my brain works <laughs> I, I I will literally wake up in the middle of the night and solve a problem in my dreams I'm like oh. Now I know, or you know, or a design will come to me, or or just something, and and it, it it's it's a regular occurrence. Yeah. When I get into a project like that, I I eat, sleep, and breathe thinking about uh, uh, getting through the project and and what it takes, and you know, even if you have to invent tools to make something happen, and that happens a lot too. You know, I I can't shape something the way I want to, and I I don't know of a tool on the market I can buy, so then I try to figure out how to make the tool to. To make what I'm trying to do, and that happens a lot too. So, well, I got to say that you know it, it, and it shows in your work. It shows that there's a ton of thought put into this stuff. Yeah. It's just not you just didn't slap this stuff together. Your, it's your well eye thought did, out. Your eye doesn't stop moving across a sculpture. There's nothing that like you kind of, it just flows. Yeah, you know it, what it, yeah, and it, it does not. You look at that Game of Thrones when you don't go, oh yeah, well he just stopped right there. Yeah, you yeah, know, or, yeah, you know, right. Yeah. So, but you know yeah. what? Let me ask you. I was going to ask you. You did an Elon Musk head, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's hear the story. <laughs> How did, who commissioned that one? Uh, you, you know that one is um, that one was a, a fantastic project actually because um, it started off back in 2018. Um, I was, you know, I don't know. I think I was sitting around having dinner, or watching TV at home, and my daughter was in the bathroom and she came out of the bathroom and she goes, you're not going to believe this, but Elon has your Chinese dragon as his profile picture on Twitter. And I'm like, what? You know, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. So, Dude, that's so I looked cool. at it and sure, sure enough, he had my big stainless steel Chinese dragon as his profile picture. And I, I assumed, you know, it related to his dragon rocket or his dragon capsule. And it was made out of stainless steel and everything. And, you know, someone, either him or someone that does his, uh, uh, social media found that and used it. So I thought that was pretty cool. And, uh, and I actually screenshot it and still have it to this day. So I thought that was pretty neat. Um, of all the things he could use, he found my dragon, right? So, yeah. Um, and then I got a call. So when we had left the hot rod shop and we had started on the uh, T just started on the T-Rex and I was kind of finishing up the dragon. It was during the time, like I was building all of that together. So I was 
kind of finishing the, the dragon. I was starting the T-Rex and then, um, and I had done another bird actually for the fellow in Miami. He had reached out and wanted another Eagle down in Miami. So I did a bird for him. And, um, and then I got a call from Danny Wang and Danny Wang is a designer out in California. He does a lot of, uh, feature uh, backyard pools and lighting and really high-end, amazing work. And he reached out to me and said uh, um, if I was able to do a a 50-foot, how it started off was a 50-foot goat with Elon's head. What? And I'm like, a 50-foot goat with Elon's head. And he goes, yeah, and I I want it riding a rocket on the back of a Tesla semi-trailer with with Mars in front of it. So the rocket looks like it's shooting to Mars and it's got a 50 foot goat riding a rocket with Elon's head. What? And, and I, and I, I, you know, I was kind of taken back from that and I'm like, well, I can, I can figure out how to do a 50 foot goat and I'll figure out how to do Elon's head. And then, and then we're going to add a rocket to it. So I, I, you know, I started thinking about it and I said, well, I'll put something together and send it to you. So I, I put an estimate and a proposal together and sent it to him. And didn't hear nothing back for a while. And Michelle and I were like, that's such a crazy project. And, and to fund something that crazy, I said, it's got to be Elon. It's probably Elon. Yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, and uh, so then he got back to me and he said, well, you know, my clients absolutely want you. They, you're the guy to do Elon. But because it's a, a crowd, crowdfunded project and, um, and time is of the essence, we're going to get another company to do the rocket and the goat but we'll get you to do the head and ship it to them. And then they'll mount the, the head to the goat. And I'm like, okay. So, so then we, you know, revisited it and looked at, at doing the head and what it ended up being is, so it, it's actually a crypto token company out of Phoenix, Arizona. So Ashley Santalone has the company. It's called EGT Elon goat token. And uh, you know, at the time when this all first happened, uh, uh, crypto was actually kind of rocking and it was doing really well. And there was no, uh, there was nothing going on with crypto. It was really doing well. And, um, so we were pretty excited to be involved in this crypto token. I knew nothing, absolutely nothing about token or Bitcoin or anything like that. When I started that project, I it honestly hadn't even heard of it. So, yeah. so it was pretty new to me. And, um, and then, um, then I, you know, started to learn about, you know, he, you know, once I found out it was who it was for, and it was for, for the guys launching, they were about to launch, they hadn't even launched their coin yet, but their, their, their idea was to dedicate a coin to Elon goat, uh, Elon and, and call it the goat, which is the greatest of all time yeah. was, was the platform behind it. And then they wanted to build this big, crazy sculpture of Elon as a goat riding a rocket to Mars and have it on the back of a semi-trailer and then drive it around and promote their crypto. And then the whole big thing about it was, is to get the audience following them and they were going to drive it out to, to the giga giga factory in Texas and give it to give it to Elon. And that was kind of their, their, you know, crowning objective into the whole project. And it was just to get their token known and, and just a big marketing campaign basically. And, um, you know, and, and the guys seemed pretty legit that I was dealing with, you know, Ashley and stuff. They were great. Um, it wasn't one of these uh, pump and dump type cryptos or, or a scam like, you, you, you know, so many people have seen. Um, they were trying to establish something that would be around for the long haul and, and have a legitimate crypto. And so that was pretty cool. And, and I was happy to be a part of it. And it was a very difficult project. And in fact, it was the first time I had to reach outside of my own skill set and and find a find a good rendering of elon and use that as a you know like a 3d um a 3d model of elon and and have that sculpted in foam and then once the sculpting in the foam was done we actually cnc'd it in foam and then i hand fabricated all the i made it out of eight inch thick aluminum which was pretty thick material to work with yeah and um and i i hammer shaped all the pieces and uh and built Elon's entire head, which is actually like a six foot tall head, um, all handmade. Michelle did all the ears and all the, I, there was probably 70 pieces in each ear, oh, wow. uh, all welded together and then ground and polished and, and shaped and, and, uh, 
yeah, a really challenging project, and I was really proud of the way it it turned out. And um, and in, it was the the best publicly um, publicized piece that I've ever been involved with because it actually made international news. It was on CNN and Wall Street Journal and you know all the local media, you know, right across the U.S. and I've seen it in the news in Israel and Turkey and Africa. I mean, it was amazing. I was on uh, podcasts and talk shows and morning shows and everything with that. So oh, it was it was a crazy project. And if anybody wants to look it up, they can just Google uh, Elon Goat Token and, and Google images of it, and you'll see the entire project. And it was a pretty crazy-looking project. And, and they're actually um, – they, they were recently out in California when Tesla did a big um, Tesla event – for their cars in California, they brought it out and had it on display. And, and I think they still have some marketing ideas where it'll be out on the streets and driving around, uh, you know, over the summer and stuff. So that's funny. That's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's just a, a random project. Oh yeah. Someone it, calls you with that, that kind of detail and you go, come on, is yeah, it real? It can't be real, but yeah. <laughs> dude. Yeah. That's, what a trip. It, I, it, it, the rocket shoots fire and plays music and does all kinds of stuff too. So, so the, oh, okay. Look at I'm looking at it now. If I, I got a picture of it, oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So there's the rocket. <laughs> it's a it's a craziest looking thing, and that's oh yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could tell that's a goat. Oh, that you know what? That doesn't look like. A it didn't. In my opinion, I hate to to to, to say it, but the, the goat body didn't really look like a goat. In my opinion, no, it from looks a like distance, a wiener it dog looks or like something. A, you know, or, it's like, or a seal or something. Yeah, like a seal. But you know what, though? Maybe I might be looking yeah. at one that's, is it completed? I don't know if the body's completed on the one I'm looking at. Well, they did it. They oh, yeah. did it in a, um, <laughs> oh, in yeah, kind yeah. of that layered form, which really didn't have a solid body to it. Oh, okay. But it does yeah. actually, it, it does look good lit up at night because you don't see all the layers as much. And, and when you see it all lit up with lighting <laughs> so and stuff, funny. it looks pretty cool. Oh well, they Kevin, even took I, it through Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills. <laughs> oh man! Well, I got to tell you, the head is the best looking part of that. Thing. Yeah, definitely. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. funny. that's really yeah. cool, but like this no, statue's trippy. It's pretty crazy. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a lot of detail on that thing. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's so funny, man. That's wild. I mean, <laughs> just people just, and you know, what's cool. It's, it's cool that you entertain this stuff and you're like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. I'll bid, I'll bid it out. Yeah. You know? Oh, it, it was, it was so crazy. I couldn't say no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never, you know, we, we've had some really weird requests for wheels and stuff and you go, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, my, my thought is like, uh, I don't know, a few years ago, some lady wanted heart, heart shapes on wheels. And I just go, okay, well, okay, let's let's be more specific. Do you want the spokes to be? Because you could do a simple design with just the windows making a heart shape, right? But no, she sure. wanted these, yep. she wanted these like three D uh, coming out of the spoke like hearts, and and you go, okay, like, you know, uh, we'll do it. You know, <laughs> I mean, we've we we did yep. some with uh, like fifty caliber bullets. Uh, yeah, we did yep. some cool stuff, and I mean, you know, the CNC stuff it makes it a little easier. I mean, um, but. It's still, yeah. I mean, what? I mean, it comes down to like whatever you want to pay for, right? That's right. Yeah, and, it's all about time and hours, and and yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So I just saw something too. Are you doing? You are you got a project you're pitching for uh, the Westin? I saw that you just posted. That. Yeah. So uh, up in Victoria, Canada, just before we left, we were in negotiations with uh, Westin Resort, and they they have a uh, um, it's it's titled Bear Mountain Resort in Victoria. It's a real high-end western resort up in Victoria and golf club. And uh, beautiful, beautiful place. And it's like a five-star resort. And um, they have a big fountain. And they asked me if I could do a series of bears for the resort because it's called Bear Mountain Resort. And um, so we're going to do four bears, a big mama bear and three bears playing in the fountain. And... um, and then uh, we're going to do a family of bears in front of the conference center, which will be visible outside. So it's a, a mama and papa bear walking with two cubs. And then inside, we're, we're going to have some whimsical bears. So we're going to have some bear cubs. Um, there's, I think, five of them inside. And they'll, they'll be in different um, areas of the resort. Some will be holding, like, menus. Um, 
maybe golf schedules for the golf course. Others will be up on the bar holding serving trays with like lemons and water and stuff in the serving tray. Yeah. So, so it, there's 13 bears in total and they're all going to be uh, handmade in, in sheet metal. And then I'm going to be coating them and, and um, putting a protective coating on them, kind of a black and brown finish. And they're all happy bears. They're all smiley and, and fun and whimsical type uh, <laughs> bears. So it should be a fun project. Oh, that's cool. So that's another thing I was going to ask you. So uh, the Elon head was done out of aluminum. So what did you end up coating that yeah. afterwards? No, the Elon head was just kind of in a, in a satin finish, and, and that's how we left them. Um, I actually, I think I ended up polishing the eyes. So the eyes had kind of a weird look to them with yeah. polished eyes, but, but we, we, um, we chose not to put pupils in his eyes and, and, you know, I had thought about polishing him and, and they didn't really want that. They wanted kind of more of a industrial finish just, just so to, to kind of keep it like that. But, um, the game of Thrones dragon was also done in steel and, you know, I was worried about rust and stuff. And we ended up, um, experimenting with a lot of different ways of, clear coating metal and protecting metal in the elements and found out that penetrol, I don't know if you've heard of penetrol, but penetrol is like a uh, oil-based paint additive and it's getting hard to find in Canada, but I think it's readily available here in the U.S. And it's, um, it goes on, it's really liquidy. It's very much, uh, I would, it's almost like WD or something. It's really kind of like, uh, it's not like paint. It's kind of more watery. Yeah. Uh, but we brush it on, and then you let it dry, and it actually dries to a finish. And it kind of absorbs and soaks into the surface of the metal. And then you put another coat on it, and it leaves a clear finish. And it's um, it's an amazing protectant. I've seen pieces of raw metal, you know, out in the rainforest of the west coast of Canada. And, and it's out there for years with really? no rust. So it's, it's an amazing protectant for raw metal. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at that right now. So do you put yeah. – so what do you – now the like the T Rex, did you put anything on that? That just no. The T Rex is polished stainless, so it just has the natural ability to repel, uh, you know, um, the weather and grime. And you know, you you you. I don't know if you get it down here, but up in Canada, you kind of get the the northern moss side. So if you're on the north side of Canada, where it's kind of shadowy, you'll get uh, algae growing on, like green algae growing yeah. on stuff. Even roofs will will get moss and algae growing on the the north side roof. And um, so if that type of stuff, the weathering happens outside, it's just kind of a, an easy maintenance of pressure washing it. You could sponge bath it if you really wanted to, but uh, a pressure washer will keep it looking new for, you know, longer than we're longer than we'll be around. Oh, okay. So, That's cool. Yeah. yeah the finish I'm, never I'm... really dull. It's a really durable finish on polished stainless. So That's cool. Yeah. Just cause in, in our business of dealing with polished aluminum, that's, for years, you know, um, that's always been the been the thing. Is yeah, polished aluminum for sure. You get the corrosion and and the then the and the you know the the whiting, I guess you call it, on yeah. the surface of Oxidation the aluminum. And, and yeah, you always want to have a good clear coat on aluminum for sure. But uh, with Elon, we didn't do that. Um, but the, the the nice thing about that type of raw metal with Elon, I mean, he could be just cleaned up with a Scotch Brite pad or something. You know, just give him a rub and he'll look fresh again. So. Yeah, we've been using a lot of Cerakote, um, a lot of the colors, yeah. but we also, like, uh, yep. on the brushed stuff, we like going over it, if it's like a full brush center, we like going over it with the Cerakote matte, the, the matte clear. And, the matte clear, right. Yeah. Stuff, yeah, no, I love Cerakote. I mean, you know, when it first came out and I was building cars back in Canada, we we jumped right on it and started using their their heat-proof paint for exhaust and all that kind of stuff, and we really liked the Cerakote. It, it's a pretty cool product. And especially, you know, they really had a, they really had it in the market there. I mean, everybody was using it on bikes and cars and everything. So it's a pretty cool product. Yeah, I like the way. I mean, we we almost exclusively use it on the colors on our wheels, just because it it can be masked. It it can hold it holds up to the, the the assembly process. It's just and but more the most importantly, it looks good. It looks really really right. Cool. So yeah. I love this I'm, stuff. I'm going to be experimenting. So I've been trying to work on this uh, this Barry down in Miami. I've been hoping he had an idea for one of his logos. So if you look at the iconic website in uh, Miami, his logo is this great big, uh, it's a black and white line drawing, like an ink drawing of a skull. 
and the skull has a big afro of flowers and hummingbirds and butterflies is is kind of like that Miami Cuban sugar skull type look thing and it's got a big jewel in the front tooth and uh, I did some renderings for him and I really wanted to do that skull for him and it's about a a 15 foot tall stainless skull and afro in and then I'd do a full polished skull and then I wanted to do uh, you know like the real nice see-through candy paints with clear coat on on top of polished stainless so you could see that it was you know you get that polished stainless look underneath the candy and um and then do all the all the flowers in full color on the on the afro and it's and then and then the whole thing was going to be set in a fountain environment with water lighting and and even some natural gas fire for lighting (laughs) so that's one of the projects i've been I've been rendering for about a year working with him, trying to get him to pull the trigger on it, but he hasn't pulled the trigger on it yet. But I'm, I'm really hoping he does because it's kind of one of those bucket list projects that I really want to do. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool, man. I mean, it's just, and like I said before, you're in the, now that you moved to Vegas, man, I think a lot of things are going to open up for you, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. You know, the Canadian border and being up North like that, um, it was really, um, hard on my career over the years because you know a lot of clients they don't want to deal with uh, the border and all the shipping and the cost of all that shipping and the the risk of damaging when you're shipping so far and and um, and uh, you know and to some people you know Canada might as well be a lot like you know BC might as well be Alaska or the or the Arctic or something because they just they just you know there's that wall there and and then there's all the cost of brokering it through the border and, and uh, insurance and just so many factors involved in shipping my big projects out of Canada that it, it just made more sense. You know, if, some, if I have a client in California and I finish up a project here in Vegas, I mean, oh. it could be loaded and, and, and be in California by the afternoon. Oh, you know? for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. mean, Vegas is just always trying to outdo itself. Oh, yeah. Right? So yeah. Right. It's right. Yeah. You know, I mean, even remember when they built the the MGM first got built and they built yeah. the, the big lion and it was like real blocky right. looking. Yeah. But then in a couple years, yeah. it seemed like within two, three years, they tore that down and built that more sculpted lion. Yeah. Right. So they're right. always trying yep. to just. Yeah. No, I, I can see Kevin's uh, work. I, like, I, in, I actually have Seizure people Palace messaging too. me and telling me it's time for a new one again. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's great, man. Well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'm going. Actually, I'm going out to Vegas to the Raider game here in a couple weeks. Nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Never been to that new yeah. sta- new stadium, and I. It's probably been. It's been a couple decades since I've been to a professional football game. <laughs> right. You know. Oh, I know. Michelle and I have a bucket list of all kinds of things we want to do. That now that we're here, of course, one of my favorite things is just to jump on the bike and head up into the canyons of Utah, like Zion and stuff. Oh, it's, it's so, so beautiful up there. there. Yeah, it's. it's uh, I'm, it's beautiful because you can be, you can be like in Bryce and Zion, like what, just in a couple hours, three hours? Yeah, it's literally like two and a half hours, and we're there. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah like we, uh, you know, we're me and my girlfriend are big into mountain biking, so like we for the SEMA show, we went out a day early and we went and riding over there in Red Red Rock and Blue Diamond area. Yeah. So no, you're you're in a good spot, it's, man. Well, just it, beautiful, love it here. Yeah. Well, we, well, you know what? We really appreciate you coming on and talking to us because it's like we, we have a real, real, uh, you know, real appreciation for people that are making stuff uh, by by hand, stuff out of metal, and just like you, like you talked about uh, being able to teach you know a, a whole younger generation to continue like what stuff you're doing, right? Because yeah, that's 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 what I'm hoping. You know, I I, I was in, just in talks with Ballet Tools yesterday and. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, maybe they'll help to get involved with me if I open up a, a teaching center where I can have enough tools for, for all the students to work with and, and set up workstations in a, in a big shop where each student can have their own workstation with their own table, their own welder. And, and, um, and so, yeah, so, you know, I'm going to reach out to some other companies and see if they want to come on board and, and help sponsor something like that. And uh, I know I've been talking to the American Welding Society as well, and they said, you know, there's potential to, to, to help fund and maybe some grants available to me to, to open up a school here. And, and so I'm going to start working hard at that and, and pursue that, and hopefully within a, a year or maybe a little longer, I don't know how long it'll take me, but I'm hoping with some, some you know, sponsorship and some funding, I'll be able to set up some really nice 
professional classes for people to come and 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 learn from so no that's great man that's great yeah because you know once they they learn those skills they can take it into you know it doesn't have to be metal artwork they can take it into the automotive field and you know Absolutely. structural field yeah. and yeah no that's i cool. mean what what hot rod shop doesn't want a good metal worker oh. you know so and yeah. you know what we talk about it on the show all the time it's just the every shop right now has has a ton of work they just don't have the people to do the work so right you right. know and, yeah. and the skilled the skilled labor so well yeah uh, how so one more time uh just a recap on how we can how everybody can find you on social media yeah, so you can just uh, Google Metal Sculptor Kevin Stone. You can find me, uh, Metal Sculptor Kevin Stone, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, and Facebook. So, so I'm on all the platforms, and, uh, and um, you know, we, we try to post as much as we can. Of course, we've just been going through the move and everything, so we haven't had a whole lot of fresh work to post. But uh, my YouTube guy, we, you know, we just finished a project for Dolly Parton, and um, and uh, now that uh, it's been unveiled and we have the freedom to to show the work that we were doing and building it, so we're going to start uh, posting, uh, you know, more on the construction of what we built for Dolly. And it was a big fireplace screen for one of her resorts in Tennessee, and it ended up being the the largest fire indoor fireplace in North America. So it's a wow. sixty foot tall fireplace by twenty feet wide, and I did a ten foot tall. Uh, fire screen door with a scenery of Dolly as a little girl sitting under an oak tree with a butterfly in her hand and a wow. and a butter, big butterfly in the bush and and uh, yeah it's a it's a really cool um, fireplace at at her new resort there at the I think it's called the Songbird Resort oh Heart Song my wife is correcting me the Heart Song <laughs> Resort in Tennessee well right on man well well thank you very much for taking the time. Um... It's it's cool to get the backstory on on these things I've been watching unfold over the last few years. Um, awesome stuff, man. So well, well, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a it's a great opportunity to uh, to get my name out there, and and I'm I'm thankful that you guys uh, uh, follow me and enjoy my work, and and that's what I'm here for. Cool, man. Well, thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. All right, you guys have a good day. All right. Okay. You, you Talk too. to you soon. All right. That was uh, episode number 73. So on behalf of Chris Klein and myself, Steve Guerrero, thank you guys for listening. I uh, can't wait to for our next episode, so keep tuning in and stay updated by uh, checking us out on Instagram at Hot Rods by Boyd and HotRodsByBoyd.com. See ya. Until next time.